Greenbush serves learners of all ages by working with schools, communities, and agencies statewide to ensure equal educational opportunities for all. This podcast will focus on the best part of our organization, the people. With nearly 500 employees, we have a lot of good people, and this will be a way for us to shed some light on the amazing things that they are doing. Welcome to the good people of Greenbush. Welcome to episode six of the Good People of Greenbush podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Williams, and on this episode, I had the opportunity to chat with Danny Anderson, who has served on the Greenbush Board of Education since November 2018. I really enjoyed talking with Danny about his decades of service to education and also finding out about his coffee shop, the Streetcar Station in Galena, Kansas, where you can find the best cup of coffee, conversations, and breakfast items. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am very, very honored to once again be joined by a Greenbush board member. His name is Danny Anderson. He has served on the Greenbush board since November 25th, 2018, and his final meeting will be December 15th, 2021. Danny Anderson, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast with me. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. Definitely my pleasure. We this is actually the second night that we tried to record this podcast. We had some technical difficulties. Lo and behold, the the guy that does technology training for a living. Yep, I still have uh, technology woes of my own. So I'm happy that we could get together tonight. But we just want to kick things off here. And Danny, we'd like to learn a little bit more about you, some background information, what it is that you currently do uh, occupation-wise, because we know that board members, it's a, a volunteer position. It's not something that you do for a living. Uh, in addition to that, where do you live in the world and, and maybe a little bit about what you enjoy doing in your free time? Well, I'd be happy to tell you that. First of all, uh, uh, my wife and I, Kathy, we live here in Riverton, Kansas and have oh, for a better part of our life. Uh, we, we, uh, since I was a teacher for about 38 years at Riverton High School, this is where we located. Uh, basically, uh, I, I attended Riverton High School. I attended Riverton schools, I should say, starting in about 1949 and uh, graduated in 61 and went on to Pittsburgh to get my degree in education. And uh, then from there, I went to McDonald County, R1, and taught for two years before going to, back to Riverton, where I taught in the junior high for a couple of years and then on to the high school, where I taught uh, science, uh, physics, meteorology, and astronomy later on, and always enjoyed it. So being at Riverton, I was uh, certainly aware of what the, the Greenbush activity was like. As a matter of fact, the superintendents of the districts that are affected by uh, Greenbush as, as a formation uh, spoke very highly about what he was wanting to do, and this was Gerald Barkley, uh, about joining the consortium so we could purchase things cheaper. And, you know, when that happened back in, oh, gosh, I want to say 70s, 80s, I can't remember the exact date. But anyway, that seemed like, a you know, hey, that's kind of far out. But little did he realize, or other administrators, I think, that this would grow into the dynamic uh, organization that has become over this last 35, 40 years. So it was 
after I retired in 2005 from the board that uh, I took a position with the school board 13 years ago. And, you know, it just became a natural part of me because Riverton being the community of my life and, and then needing a board member, it was just kind of like a follow-up on what I needed to do. And then after that, uh, whenever the board uh, offer came up three years ago, uh, and the person who was on there, our, our president currently, uh, Tim Wilson, was not going to be able to make it. Or he had suggested I might be interested. And I told him I was because uh, I had experience with Greenbush for many years. Uh, starting back in the early 90s, I was one of the pioneering people that worked with the IDL for Greenbush. And, you know, it was a wonderful experience. I uh, got to teach kids from other areas. I worked with uh, the Greenbush uh, uh, organization during the summer as part of their planning. I worked on the, I, uh, on the uh, space station that we put together back then. And then eventually I got to go to, to Houston with them to see what was going on down there. So, I was experienced with Greenbush, and so the opportunity be, took it took place, and I enjoyed doing it. So that's how I got involved with them. That's incredible. I love hearing any kind of history as it relates to to Greenbush because all of these smaller schools and and stories like that they just kind of get lost over time. So I appreciate you taking the time to kind of recall all of that, and I'm just really impressed with your your lifetime of service that you've given to education. Uh, to be a board member for the amount of time that you've done after being in education. That's not something that a whole lot of people are, are willing to do. And uh, I certainly commend you for that. You know, I, I obviously think ahead about what retirement is going to look like for me and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that, do you work in a, a local coffee shop? Is that correct? Well, yes, it is. You know, uh, after I retired in 2005, I liked to do construction, which had been a part of my summertime work. So a couple of my brothers and I, we were doing a lot of building houses and remodeling. Well, it just so happened that my wife retired about that time too. And she was uh, here doing a lot of work around the house. And after about two years of, of retirement here, she says, I don't think I want to clean the house anymore. She <laughs> says, I found this building over in, I found this building over in Glenan. I want you guys to remodel it. So in uh, 2012, uh, my brothers and I uh, remodeled a building there in Galena, and we made us a coffee shop. It's called Streetcar Station. And we have good coffee, and we have a, a breakfast, you know, is how, how this works. I can say that because my wife makes it, see. And, <laughs> and I believe that. It's good. So, so, yeah, we have a coffee shop, and we have – a good breakfast, and we have good lunches, and, and you know, you, you know what the highlight of it all is. We get to meet a lot of people who are traveling Route 66, or they're retired, and we have a, a a group of people that come in almost on a daily basis. And you think that's not a nice thing? It really is a nice thing. That's so amazing. I I think that you're pretty much the living embodiment now of happy wife, happy life, <laughs> putting that coffee you, store together. You know what? That's true. You know, I, I would be amiss and tell you, it's not just something that's easy to do. There's a lot of work that goes into it. You know, for every every morning, we're up at four o'clock 
And mm. our shop opens at six. And, you know, like today, I got home at about 4.30. So it's a long day, but it's it's very rewarding. You wouldn't believe the customers that we've had from all over the world. You know, I don't care whether it's South Africa or New Zealand or Australia or China or Norway, Sweden, Germany, all of them we've had. And, and you know, they come in and, you know what, the, the, the amazing story is they all love America. They They are amazed at what we have here. I don't think people realize just how much in awe that other travelers are of what we have. And I bet that's a really good reminder to have for people to come in from all over the world and to just, you know, talk about the challenges that they face in other places that they live throughout the world. And just to kind of have that reminder that, you know what, things are, things are tough in America and they're tough everywhere, but we overall, I think we've got it pretty good. Well, I agree with you 110%. You know, my wife and I, you know, one of the things we really like to do, we like to travel. And, you know, we've been in, in the Caribbean islands and different places where people have a more difficult life than we do. We've also been in, in, in areas that are considered to be comparable with the United States as far as, you know, austerity, we, I mean, uh, as the uh, prosperity we have, uh, you know, in Ireland and England and France and, and Germany and all this. And you know what? Even there, you know, when you start comparing what the ordinary American has compared to them, there's a big difference. There's a gulf still there. And, and, and if it's not so much the quality, it's the size in, in, in a lot of what happens. We have a, a spacious area where people, you know, can spread out and do pretty much what they want. That's not so in one of those areas. And I'm very thankful to get to be an American and to get to live here. It's, it's awesome. Amen. Amen. I love our country and, and I need to come and check out the coffee shop. I love a good cup of Joe. There's nothing like waking up with, with coffee in the morning and I need to head over there and have some breakfast and, and get some coffee and, and meet you in person. <laughs> hey, now you'd have to try the Java blue or the Missouri mule or just our dark. And, and, you know, I always tease the people and say, you know, that Missouri mule would get a kick out of it. Just, you know, <laughs> kind of stimulating the idea, but, but it is good coffee. I would put it up against any that we, you run into in an area, uh, you know, and I don't say that just because it's mine, but people tell us that as well. So I believe that, but my wife has awesome, uh, uh, cooking things, our, our cinnamon rolls are out of this world. And, and then you, you just ask for any kind of a breakfast and she'll fix it for you. I guarantee you on that. But our lunches are soups and sandwiches. We don't try to get too out of this world because, you know, a lot of people come in and they want a big, big lunch. Well, ours is mostly soups and sandwiches. So, and we'll stick with that. Amen. Hey, I, I I could talk all night about you said the magic words of cinnamon roll, but <laughs> I don't I don't want to I don't want to keep you too long. So we'll we'll circle back to to some more experiences on the Greenbush board if if we can here. Uh, curious about you know looking back during your time on on the Greenbush board, thinking about some challenging times that you've had, maybe some more rewarding aspects. Like whenever you look back on your times uh, as a service member on the Greenbush board. What are some things that that stick out to you within those worlds? Well, first and foremost, it's been a very appreciative to get to work with the board and with the, with the directors because they have been over backward trying to be accommodating in what they do. 
But, you know, I guess what I need uh, and what I was awestruck by was I was not totally aware of just how big Greenbush actually is. Yeah. And they've got their hands in so many different uh, uh, things that are going on in education. I can't begin to, to name all of them. So when we had guest people come in and tell us about their operation, you know, I, I found myself just shaking my head, yeah, 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 because, you know, these are experts in these areas, and they know so much more about it that, than what I could possibly take in in the, the time that we're there. So I'm, I'm awestruck by the fact that uh, Greenbush has, over the last 30 years, become a prominent, you no, know, one of the most prominent uh, consortiums in the state of Kansas and outside of Kansas. I think people look at them, and I'm so impressed by this. This is what's got me, that they are a leader, and and our legislators look to them as as a guide for many things that are going on. So, yeah, I'm I'm awestruck by what they've done, and then understanding you know what they did from the beginning up to right now, it's a tremendously powerful organization for education. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to uh, just say is, you know, you've kind of been around since the the very beginning times of Greenbush and have seen, you know, where it all began and, and where it's gone now. And uh, I, I wasn't aware that Greenbush was a thing until I moved to Kansas, you know, some 12 years ago. And by that time, Greenbush was already a behemoth. And and even since then, they've they've seen tremendous growth and just like you, I, I meet new people all the time and, and find out about new departments. And, and that's why we're doing this podcast. So <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same wavelength with, with that one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I can't in my short period of time begin to completely fathom all of the different things that they do, whether it's uh, taking care of hearing, whether it's uh, helping with reading problems that the children have or, or supplementing education in certain uh, of our prison areas. So these these uh, prisoners might have a chance when they get back out. So it's not just, you know, a, a film organization. Like when I started out, that was what I was probably interested in. If I could get a Carl Sagan film, I was in the height of my glory. And it was, <laughs> but today it's by far more than that. It is something that is, is you know, outstanding, whether you're helping some child that is unable to uh, he needs because he has handicapped, handicapped uh, vision or hearing or or social skills that he needs. I think Greenbush, Greenbush people are there to help. That's what, what, what it's all about. Yeah, it is. That is what it's all about. And you started school in 1949 at Riverton. Uh, there's 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 been a couple of years between then and now, and so I'm curious. You've seen a lot of things in education, and I'm sure that uh, you know, like my outlook on education, I guess, is that things are progressively getting more challenging. Not only with just the pandemic, but with just with all of the different aspects of the social emotional spectrum, so on and so forth. If I was to bestow upon you a magic wand. And with this magic wand, you could change one thing about education. What would that one thing be that you would change? Well, you know what? Uh, that is a tough question because there are so many things that, you know, I would like to see changed. But, you know, what I would like to see mostly afforded by to all of our students is the same level playing field 
In other words, I don't necessarily mean they have to learn the same thing because, you know, that's not what education is all about. We learn different things. But having that opportunity to learn is the thing they all need to have. And I'm not talking just, I'm not talking money. I'm talking the opportunity. I would like what I would like to see is mom and dad at home telling them that education is a way of life that will improve your life. And I'm not just saying a college degree. I'm talking about technical as well as as educational. So there are so many aspects of waving the magic wand that I'd like to see. And it, it covers all areas. And, you know, I work with a guy a lot uh, right now who is a superb machinist. And you know what I hear him say all the time? He says, I'm dumb. Mm. And I would... I would match his work with any artist's work because it's that refined. You can't tell me that there's not a lot of gift there. So we need to touch these kids with with uh, that kind of a wants thing. Everything you have is a gift. Let's use it. And, and you don't have to have a college degree to do that. You could be a you could be that technician, the electrician, the plumber, uh, the carpenter, or or you could be the college professor. Either any of those requires an education. I love it. Like you said, everything that you have is a gift, but leveling that playing field is just so crucial. You know, I had I had a couple of the most amazing parents, I think that anybody could ever hope for. And they boosted me up whenever I was down and always told me that I was good enough. And, you know, there's a lot of kids that just don't come from homes like that. And like you said, if we could level that playing field, and all of those kids could go home to that safe environment, they could come to school feeling positive about things. You know, the parents would push that education is a, a positive way to, you know, uh, improve one's life. Then I think that that would just be uh, something that would really improve our educational system and really our society in general. And I don't think that you've listened to my episode with your fellow board member, Wes Smith, yet, have you? I have not. No, I have not. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting I because I, I he, he, said, he said the exact same thing. He had the exact same answer. If I could wave a magic wand, I would flatten the playing field for every single student. That's right. You know, I don't think people, uh, you know, I understand that because, you know, one of the things that I learned growing up, and you got to understand, I was, I didn't come from an ordinary family. My mom and dad, neither one had a formal education, but you know what they cherished most in life for, for the kids was to get an education. When I say the kids, I had in our family, there were 13 of us. Wow. Four, four, four girls and nine boys. And you know what? Out of that, six of us had ended up with with college degrees and advanced degrees. And the others were in technical areas. So I feel like that my dad, who encouraged us on a daily basis, education is something you can take with you forever. And, you know, my mother and I had to struggle very hard to get her education what she did get. So it was something we learned at an early age to cherish was education. And I've loved it ever since. I've, I've always appreciated that very fast. What a beautiful story and what a beautiful tribute to what sounds like a couple of um, amazing parents. Apparently we were both very lucky guys and kind of hit the lottery on that front. So thinking about your your time on the, the Greenbush board, are there any specific stories that you might share with our audience uh, about your time on the board? Well, you know, uh, uh, Randy and, and and Mr. Bodensteiner all are very, uh, you know, 
the antics sometimes that they came up with and the stories that are funny. I can't remember specific ones, but you know what? Getting to work with the staff and the other members, those are the specific things that I will remember. And of course, uh, they've always had managed to feed us some pretty good food there, not always chicken handed either. <laughs> Yep, they definitely bring it on the food front. They they know how to make you feel at home. Our culinary staff is awesome. And and Wes mentioned the exact same thing. He said, you know what, we've got some amazing people, but also they always feed us really good. And that's that's always a good thing. Oh, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the things you're going to miss most about serving on the Greenbush Board of Education? Well, I think perhaps it'll be the camaraderie that I share and have shared with the other people who are there because you know what we all have that common interest we're interested in getting the best bang for the buck out of education that we can get for what our, our people are paying to get this done and you know the benefit of all of what we do is going to end up you know being handed to the kids you know and the, and the kids are going to be our future so the best that we can do for them we need to we need to have our kids lining up and making sure they're doing what they're supposed to do and and earning what they get and so i want i want that more than anything and i've learned that from from there that the money is important but it's not the most important the personnel and the people who work with these people are the ones who are doing the job and we're going to create the atmosphere for getting things done so that's what i appreciate well, I appreciate that sentiment. That's that's beautifully said, and, and I echo that 100%. Is there anything else that we maybe haven't covered yet that you would like to share? No, it was always fun. When I came up to Greenbush during the uh, the summers and worked on our rocket programs, and we, we launched a lot of rockets, and uh, and getting to... Uh, Getting to, to make that trip, uh, and, and Carol, oh, I, oh, she was such a wonderful lady. Uh, we had so many things back and forth on the astronomy that we talked about over uh, the IDL. And, you know, getting kids interested in, in that kind of subject was a, always a foremost thing in my mind. So I enjoyed that very much, and, and I still think about it. I like the, uh, I like the observatory and, and what it offers to the, the community. Very much. Absolutely. Well, Danny, on, on behalf of a grateful organization, I just want to take a second to say thank you for all of the service that you have provided and volunteered over the many years at Greenbush. And, and not only for that, but for also all of your years uh, within education and now uh, continuing to serve delicious coffee uh, in our local community. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> That, that's my privilege and my wife's. And, you know, all of the effort that I put in uh, probably comes up to a small amount as to what she does. So she's the, she's the go-getter, and, and I just follow her instructions. That's right. Smart man right here, folks. Uh, take, take notes. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. Well, thank you again uh, you for go. your time, Danny. I, I greatly appreciate it. Please stop by Greenbush anytime. Say hello. And uh, it's not goodbye. It's we'll see you later, right? Well, thank you for the opportunity to get a, express some of my sentiments about uh, Greenbush and my job in education. A 
According to the Kansas Association of School Boards, close to 2,000 men and women guide Kansas public school systems as school board members, employing more than 70,000 Kansans and serving nearly 500,000 children. Board members receive no pay for their service, only the satisfaction that comes from providing an indispensable public service. Danny Anderson has dedicated his life to making a difference in the lives of students as a teacher and as a valued member of the Greenbush Board of Education. On behalf of a grateful organization, we say thank you once again for your service and look forward to sharing more stories in the future, hopefully over a cup of coffee at the streetcar station. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, please don't hesitate to reach out to me at ronnie.williams at greenbush.org or at Ronnie Loves Tech on social media. Thank you for listening to the Good People of Greenbush podcast.